This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. We are in a study, a series on prayer. If you have your Bible already, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. And today I'm going to call your attention to verse number 9. And this morning's message, I am pray, I'm preaching on this subject, praying for your daily needs. Praying for your daily needs. I want you to notice with me, I'm going to begin reading in Matthew chapter 6. And beginning with verse number 9. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning as we continue on in this sermon series on prayer, it would be great, I'm thinking now, that there are many people here today that is going to benefit incredibly from the word. And so what I would do is I would encourage you this morning to take as many notes as you possibly can because this message right here, I believe, is life-changing for you. Without question, most of us, all of our lives, have referred to this as being the Lord's Prayer. Now, I will say it's a matter of interpretation on how you say that and how you receive it. Because if you believe it to be the Lord's Prayer because the Lord Jesus gave it to us, then that would be correct. But the thing that I want you to notice today is this. This is not the Lord's Prayer because Jesus prayed this prayer. And because he did not pray this prayer, it would be better called the model prayer. But because he gave it, we understand how it is referred to as the Lord's Prayer. But the truth of the matter is this. When we look at such a familiar passage of Scripture, here's the thing that I want you to understand. Jesus himself never prayed this prayer. That's important for you to understand. You need to look at it very carefully here. Because there are several things about this prayer that we need to understand when we take the time to pray for our specific daily needs. You see, in verse number 12, Jesus included, when this prayer was prayed, he said this, look at it carefully, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, all of us know that Jesus never did anything by which he himself needed to ask forgiveness for. 
He surely was not including himself as a sinner needing restoration. We have to keep in mind that he was the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So when Jesus inserted this passage and gave us the admonition to pray it, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, we understand he never did anything requiring to be forgiven. Now the second thing we notice when we get to this passage of Scripture is that he was teaching us the paramount importance of reverencing God. And I want you to think about that just for a minute. He said in the Scripture, if you notice in verse number 1, the latter part, or excuse me, verse number 9, the latter part, he said, hallowed be thy name. God's name today is widely abused and taken in vain. It's used as a slang word over and over and over again. No matter where you go, in the course of a day, you will hear somebody use God's name in some type of slang and some type of profanity. We have to remember this, that God, when he gave Moses, the Ten Commandments, he said in Exodus 20, verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Sometimes, and I, and I don't want to throw rocks because I think it's just almost a habit that we hear so often and so frequently but we really have to put this thing about taking God's name under the microscope because, listen, I want you to get the full benefit out of praying for your daily needs. So many times, and listen, I'm sure that there are many here today that doesn't think twice about it. You've heard it so much, it's a cliche of the world that when something happens that you don't like or something happens that frustrates you, Something happens that tries your patience. Something unrelated than bowing down on your knees and lifting holy hands to heaven and lifting up the eyes to the sides of the north. Listen, sometimes we have a habit of things that just irritate us to simply fly off and say, oh my God. Now I will tell you this. It's a slang that we have adopted from the world, we've allowed to creep into our life. You can get frustrated, and I'm not being sacrilegious in the pulpit, but you could get sacrilegiously immune to slangs referring to God, and somebody frustrates you, and you could snap back and say, Good God Almighty. Now, I will tell you this. We have a habit of listening to what the world pumps into our brain so much that we don't think twice about it. We just say it. And we don't say it to be ugly. We don't say it to be indignant. We don't even think about why we're saying it. It's just a cliche from the world. But I want to teach you something very important this morning about getting your daily needs met. Jesus said, in this model prayer. When you pray, it's paramount to hallow his name. 
to reverence his name, to give respect to his name. And we have to be reminded that Jesus does not only teach us that in the New Testament, but also it is in the Mosaic law. Now keep in mind this. Jesus never prayed this, but he said, when you pray, you pray this prayer. He said, you pray. When you pray, you pray this. Our Father, which art in heaven. So Jesus never taught from the perspective that he was praying this prayer. He had no need for forgiveness. He was teaching us to do it. Secondly, he was teaching us the high importance of valuing, respecting, honoring, reverencing his name. But not only that, there's a third thing here. He said when you pray, he said pray for his will to be done. The key, and I want to say this right at the beginning because we're going to come back to this a couple of times. But I believe the key for successful praying, any kind of successful praying, is if you always pray for God's will to be done and you're willing to accept it. Because I really believe that you can never move forward in your prayer life if you're not willing to pray for God's will to be done and you're willing to accept it, you're going to be stagnant and you're going to be right where you are. The fourth thing is this. He not only taught us to reverence God, to pray for His will, but also, listen to this, He taught us to pray for our daily needs. He taught us to pray for our daily bread, not tomorrow's bread. This is critical when you're praying for your daily needs. Because if I were to ask the question this morning, how many in this auditorium today can honestly tell your neighbor, person sitting behind you, sitting in front of you, you can be honest with yourself, tell me at the door, Pastor, I need something in my life for God to do. All of us probably can think of something today that we have a need for. Jesus is teaching us to pray for our daily needs. He said, pray for your daily bread. He didn't say for tomorrow's bread. He said your daily bread. Our daily needs. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 19, there is a biblical principle here that I think all of us really need to grasp this morning. And this is one of those verses that we hear over and over and over again. But I want to ask you and I challenge you today to get the spiritual significance of it. One of the most familiar passages in the Bible the Apostle Paul is writing, Philippians 4, 19, he said, but my God shall. He didn't say could. He didn't say might. The Apostle Paul, you have to realize now that he is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's not making this up. The Holy Ghost of heaven is speaking to him. And he is saying, but my God shall. Supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now listen carefully. God has promised, he's revealed the promise through the Holy Spirit that he would supply all of our needs. That verse of scripture, Philippians 4.19, is the scripture where God's integrity hangs upon. So remember that. Now listen, if God has promised to meet your needs, listen carefully. If God has promised in his word to meet your needs, 
then there is an obligation he has committed himself to by speaking those words. If God said it, he was just not throwing words frivolously out to occupy pages in what we call the Holy Bible. Listen, if God said that, which he did, then he has a divine obligation to do what he said. Because Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says it's impossible for God to lie. Now, if God said that, he is obligated by his word to do it. Now, I want you to think about that. You have a need today? God has spoken the word. He has an obligation to fulfill it. Let me illustrate something to you. Years ago, our son Adam was born in 1977, December 25th, Christmas. Well, it was December the 11th. We dedicated him to the Lord on December the 25th, 1977. We started our family back in those years. And when those children were born to Gail and I, with that act, we had a responsibility that was mandated to take care of them. Now you think about that. In fact, the Bible says this. I want the media to pull up a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number 8. This is very important. Every parent in here needs to see this. You've got kids at home? Listen carefully. This verse applies to me and you today. The Bible says that if I do not take care of my children, if I do not fulfill my commitment and my responsibility to my children according to the word of God, the Bible says I'm worse than an infidel. The word infidel means even worse than a lost person. But if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Now you think about that just for a moment. That's God's mandate of how earthly guardianships needs to provide for a household. And let me say this, beyond the word of God, by the world standards, when my children were being raised in my home, if I neglected to take care of my children, not only is it against the word of God, and not only does the children suffer, but according to the world standards, if you are a parent, you don't take care of your children. Listen, somebody's going to come knocking on your door. And there is a real possibility where they will take those kids out of that home if they're not being provided for and put them in foster care. I'm thankful today God doesn't have foster care. And let me tell you something. As I have a responsibility when my children were growing up in my home to provide for them, it's the same principle. God the Father has an obligation to take care of his children. God's bound by the word to do that. I'm telling you this, when we're saved, when we are born again, washed in the blood, the Holy Spirit of God places us into the family of God and the new birth itself gives God an obligation to take care of us. The interesting thing about God having to take care of us, and this is where we kind of go wrong from time to time, but the interesting thing about God having to take care of us. And I emphasize having. It's a must. It's an obligation. It's not something God chooses to do uh, just because of we're good or, or we've made achievements in our life. Listen, we are his children. He has an obligation to do it because he said he would do it.
God cannot lie. The integrity of God depends on his word. So he's promised to do that. The interesting thing about this, about God having an obligation to take care of my needs and your needs because we are his children if you're born again. The interesting thing about this is that God never has to be reminded of that. I have a need, you have a need. The interesting thing about God's word is he does not need to be reminded that I have a need or that you have one. You say, Pastor, I'm kind of losing you right here. In fact, listen carefully. God is perfectly aware of the fact that I have a need before I even know myself I have a need. God knows you have a need before you even know it. Sometimes we feel that God doesn't care or that he doesn't know what we need, but let me assure you, according to the word of God, he knows exactly when we need it and he knows when we need it. In Matthew chapter 6, verse number 8, the Bible says this, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. And so listen, let me remind you of something real quickly here today. Three important things or three things you've got to be aware of concerning your daily needs. Number one, God is aware of your needs before you become aware of them. Secondly, he has promised to meet those needs. And number three, he has instructed us to pray for those needs to be met. So I want you to think about those three things. Listen carefully. Behind everything that God knows we need, there is an omnipotent power to bring in a vast supply. Listen, God's not going to give you any junk. He's not going to give you any substitutes. He's not going to give you any shortcuts. Listen, God knows exactly what you need in your life. And considering that, I want to place four thoughts into your heart this morning. Three or four. Listen carefully. There's a definite priority that should be established when praying about your needs. Now I want you to look again how this prayer begins in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So follow this again. Follow this in order. I'm trying to help you to maximize your prayer life. Every one of us have a need. It might be physical. It might be emotional. It might be mental. It might be financial, it might be domestic, but we all have some kind of need today. If you want to get the most out of your need today, out of your prayer for your need, pay attention. This, this, this would be like putting your prayer pencil in the pencil sharpener. It's going to sharpen it for you. So listen very carefully. The first thing when Jesus said pray about these daily needs, he said reverence the Father's name. So if you look at it in order, Hallowed be thy name. Here's what I would recommend. When you begin to pray about your needs, the first thing, the very first thing that you need to do is to magnify his name. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen, take some time, a few moments, every day when you begin to pray for your specific needs, before you get down to that need thing, take some time to reverence him, to praise him, to honor him, 
Thank him for who he is. He is El Shaddai. He is Elohim. He is Jehovah Jireh. I'm telling you, he is the God of all sufficiency. Reverence him. Enter into his gates with praise. Now listen carefully. The, the next thing is this. He said, pray this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Spend some time thanking him that his kingdom is coming back to this earth that he is coming again. Listen, the Bible teaches us to look for the blessed hope. One of the greatest prayers you could pray about the kingdom of God and the Lord's return is even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 4, 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Thy kingdom come. Listen, let him know that you are waiting for his return. And then he says this, thy will be done. Now there's a formula here. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but when you pray this prayer, if you look at it carefully, here's what Jesus is saying. You pray in his name for his kingdom, for his will. Thy name, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All of this is systematically putting everything about God first. And then after all the other things, after that, listen, after putting him first, his name, his kingdom, his will, after those first important things, listen, then we are given the instructions by Jesus to pray for our daily bread. And those fall into a lot of categories, our daily bread, our daily needs. He says our debts, our protection, our temptations for God to intervene in our life. You see, there's an important thing here. When we begin to pray like this, we're putting God first. And that's incredibly important. That's exactly what the Bible is speaking about. In Matthew chapter 6, 33, one of the most familiar passages in the scripture, the Bible says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So here is a great spiritual truth this morning about praying for your needs. The first aspects about praying for your needs is not about us. Get that in your heart this morning. It's not about praying for your needs. You know, a lot of times I think we get this thing so confused and so backwards and so disrupted. We, we have a tendency not to take a lot of time for God anyway. You know, we, we're, we're on that uh, automatic stuff. We're so used to a microwave oven, the remote control television. We just want push button prayers. God, here it is. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me tell you this. Sometimes if we don't take time, to get on our knees and pull him up and pull us up. Because the word says, you draw down to me, I'll draw nigh to you. We pull God up, we pull ourselves up and listen. We say, God, I want to praise your name. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done. Because here's what we do a lot of times. We have all kinds of needs in our life. We fall down on our knees and say, God, I got to have this by noon and I need you to do this by dinner time and by the sun sets tonight. Here's what you need to do. And it's all about us. Give me, give me, give me God. When you think about that just for a moment, we want to know why sometimes we feel like our prayers are not moving as fast as we would like for them to be. 
The first aspects about prayer and having our needs met is about giving God the glory. It's about putting him first. So when you begin to pray about your needs and how the specifics work in your life, you've got to establish a huge priority. God must have first place, not second place, but he must come first. I think probably one of the biggest problems we have in our life and not seeing a lot more fruit take place in our prayer life is because we're simply not putting God first. I want you to think of it. And then, and listen, when that happens, when we don't put him first, we drop on our knees with this gimme, gimme, gimme God stuff. We don't put him first. And listen, and then when things do not turn out like we are impatiently waiting for, then we begin to squirm. When our prayers are not answered and then when we feel that God is not interested in that, then we accuse God of not being concerned. We accuse him for being insensitive and not loving and, and caring about what's going on in our life. But I'll tell you this, if we want to see things start happening in our life like we've never seen before when we pray, the fulfillments of your needs met, then we've got to study and stay steady with the instructions. These are the instructions. Jesus said, when you pray, you begin to pray like this. How many of you, you guys, listen now. On Christmas Eve, man, you, you're, you're having to put that stuff together. All that stuff, you know what I'm talking about. And you're getting frustrated with it because A doesn't fit in B and B doesn't fit in C. And you, you, but you're a man, see. You... <laughs> You don't need that. You've been doing it all your life. And your wife is saying, but you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and for an hour, you get yourself worked up to the point where you cannot take communion. <laughs> and then your wife comes in there and says, do you read these? It's the instructions. And she's able to put that thing together in 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm telling you this. If we want to maximize our prayer life, we've got to follow the instructions. We've got to read the directions here. Remember this. This is God's word. It cannot fail. It never has. It never will. And let me also tell you this. Because Jesus said to do this, God has never and will never operate outside of his word. This is what he said to do. If you want to maximize your prayer life, get the most out of your prayer life, really see something substantial take place when you're praying for your needs, go by the instructions here. I remember reading one time of a dear old saint who had a Bible that reminded me a lot of mine. Mine the one I study out of, I used to preach from every Sunday, but I have just about scotch taped every page together. Some verses are missing. And so right now, I'm trying to break in another one. But I will tell you this, I was reminded of my Bible when I read this article, a precious dear saint of God in her latter years. And in the margin of her Bible, at this particular verse, Matthew 6.33, she had these words initial, T. T-P. 
And the article went on to say, what, what does that mean? T, T, and P. The ink was smudged. You had to look hard to read it. But what T, T, and P meant was tried, tested, and proved. Under Matthew 6.33. Tried, tested, and proved. And I will tell you this, when you follow the instructions, that's what's going to happen. You're going to find God to be true to His Word. Now let's move on to something else. Praying for your daily needs and understanding the value of it. What, what is our daily bread anyway? What's the purpose for it? Our daily bread is for for strength. It's to give us strength. Now let me ask you this question. Why would God give us strength? Why would He do that? He gives us strength that we can better serve Him. God's not blessing us in order that we might become bigger and better children of the world. We have to be in the world, but we have to remember we, we cannot be of it. Well, Pastor, I believe you're trying to make a little bit more out of this than what it really is. I think that you're literally trying to make it out to be that everything about this prayer stuff, you're saying it literally has to be about God first? Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. Why would God give you daily bread? Why would he increase your strength if your motive was not to put him first? And if your motive was not to serve him with all of your heart, why would he do that? Now, how do you put him first? You put first things first. You give him the first fruits of your offering. You give him the first day of the week. You give him the first place in your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these other things will be added unto you. Now, listen carefully. Let me share something else with you. When you put him first and you seek the Lord while he can be found, you're serving the Lord with all of your heart. Is there, let me ask you this question. Is there anything in all of your life that you love more, you're seeking more, you desire more than him? God is going to take care of our daily bread if we understand that there's a definite purpose with it being established in our life. That's to give us strength to make another mile and use life at its fullest for His glory. You have to remember this now. Go back to the first principle we talked about just a few minutes ago. It has to be about Him. Hallowed be Thy name. It has to be about His kingdom. It has to be about His will. And then our daily breads. Let me give you this point. Learn how to appreciate what He gives you and the portion that He gives. I'm glad that God used through the Holy Spirit the illustration in the word bread right here. Probably there's not many people in here that does not love good bread. Think for a moment. You remember, uh, I don't know, some may still do it, but in years of yesterday, uh, our ladies would get out them big rolling pins. You know what I'm talking about? How many remember a rolling pin? Yeah. Takes a little work, but but they still have them. They still do. back back in, a few years ago, I would say, they those ladies they'd get that uh, dough out there, and that flour, mixing it all together, and they'd roll that thing out there, and they would make those what they used to call cat head biscuits. 
you have an idea what a cat head biscuit is? It's a biscuit big as a cat head. They get those big cat head biscuits. I mean, you put that butter on there. And it was just awesome. If you eat it right, here's what happens. The first bite will look like a half moon. And the second bite will look like a total eclipse. <laughs> Two bites, that's all it requires. When you have good hot bread, listen now, you learn how to really enjoy it and appreciate it. And I got to reading this and looking at the analogy that the Lord used, and I believe God expects us to experience the same sensation with His provision of the daily bread that He provides. I believe that He wants us to appreciate and enjoy what He gives us on a measured portion for each and every day. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, He said, Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I want you to look at that very carefully and, and underline these words, this day. Do that just for a minute because I believe there's a great spiritual truth here. God, listen carefully, is not going to supply tomorrow's portion and expect you to be satisfied today. God doesn't want us to worry about the situations that we have tomorrow and the next day. He says in the word, now boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. If God is meeting your needs today, then don't spend time worrying about tomorrow and the next day and what's going to happen, what might happen, what if this happens. Instead, folks, listen, thank God for the bread. Thank God for the needs that he has provided for you today. One day at a time. Spend more time. People spend more time worrying and doubting about tomorrow rather than praising God and thanking Him for today, what He's done for right now. And if you worry about the bread you don't have, listen, you're not going to be really appreciating the bread you do have. If you're focusing on that, you'll be focused on uh, the sour notes of that that you don't have. In fact, let's look at another passage here. Time is running, but I do want to get these in this morning. In Matthew 6, verse 25. The Bible says this. I'm going to read through verse 31. Follow along with me. Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto a statue? And why take ye thought of for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon and all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? So listen carefully. Worry is never going to solve a problem. It never lifts a burden. It never dries a tear. It never soothes a wrinkled brow. Worry is completely useless. We have a human nature to do it. But the Bible would teach us to live by faith. 
Jesus was very carefully stressing the fact about the daily bread. Now, let me teach you a final lesson here before we close the message today. And I hope you'll never forget it. Because in God's obligation to take care of us, and we have seen it in the Word, He has a daily portion. Now listen now. And God's obligation to take care of us, He knows what we need. Now a lot of time, what we need is not what we think we need. So we think about all the wonderful stuff that if we had, life would be so much easier. Life would be so much better. God, if you would give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. Lord, you know, I could be a much better Christian, God. You know, I, I really could. Now, if you want me to be more for you, listen, then you, you do these things. I could really be a good Christian. But let me tell you this. God, sometimes we, we think that our need is just stuff we got to have to make our flesh more gratified. But I will tell you this. He has a daily portion of not what I only need for strength. But do you know this? God has a daily portion, a daily portion of problems he has allowed to come into my life. God has allowed a daily portion of troubles to come my way. God has allowed a daily portion of maybe even tears to flow. You say, well, I don't consider that need. I don't need that stuff. I don't, I'm not talking about that preacher. I, I don't want that kind of stuff. You have to understand this. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. God is going to see to it that we don't walk around every day on rose petals and drinking rainbow smoothies. He's not seen fit to do this. Sometimes we think he's not really concerned about us. But as we've already studied, listen carefully, our infirmities and our struggles are allowed by the Lord. God does everything he possibly can do to help us realize, here it is, that we will never be able to make it without him. That's where it comes down to where the tire meets the road. God has arranged life so that we will remember and be reminded every single day that we cannot make one day without Him. You think about that. You see, God knows the stuff I need, but listen, He also knows how much trouble I need in a day to keep me close to Him. He knows how many burdens I need to bear to, to keep me humble. He, he knows how many tears I need to shed to keep me close by his side. And you think about that. He knows what my limit is. He said in the word, I will not put anything on you too heavy that you cannot bear. But he said this, whatever it is you need, I'm going to promise you, I'm going to give it to you. Now you think about that just for a moment. If we all we ever had was sunshine, do you know what our life would become? A desert. And if all we had was rain, you know what our life would become? A swamp. 
But God knows exactly how much sunshine and how much rain we need in our life. When you have sunshine and rain, you got the chemistry that's needed to grow a pretty good garden. Sunshine and rain. We don't like the rain. But you think about this. If all you had was sunshine, you would have nothing but a barren desert in your life. While our musicians are coming forward, I want to say this. When you begin to pray for your daily needs, understand this. Don't start out praying for all of the stuff you need in life. Because truly what you think you need, God may say that's not what you need. I would recommend that the first few moments of your praying for whatever your needs may be to pray, hallowed be thy name. Spend time reverencing and honoring God. Praise Him. Worship Him. Rejoice in the fact that He's coming again. Thy kingdom come. Lord, hasten the day. And then say, Lord, I want Your will more than I want my will. And then once you put God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. Again, I remind you as we conclude today that God has promised in His Word to meet your need. And He cannot lie. He knows what you need. I would encourage you today to make this a new day in your life that when you start praying for those needs specifically, Try to put some of these things we've learned this morning into your prayer life. Honor Him. Reverence Him. Praise Him. Tell Him that you're looking for the blessed hope. You're waiting for a soon return. And you do want His will. And then you spend time talking about your daily bread, the daily things that you need. See if it makes a difference in your life. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.